everyone, we continue our read-through of the New Testament. We are right here at the end, and we have seen the final and consummating judgment of the beast, the false prophet, the serpent, Satan himself, and death. We've seen all those who are not written in the Lamb's book of life judged also. And now with these closing two chapters today, which we'll be looking at just Revelation 21, we see the creation of the new heaven and the new earth, the consummation of God's cosmic plan of redemption and restoration. What a beautiful sight that we are given here. So let's go ahead and look through it. We'll read the whole thing and then just make some comments at the end. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And the sea was no more, and I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of the heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. The one who conquers will have his heritage, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars... Their portion will be in the lake of, that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. Then came one of the seven angels, who had the seven bowls full of the seven last plagues, and spoke to me, saying, Come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great high mountain, and showed me the holy city Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, having the glory of God, its radiance like a most rare jewel, like jasper, clear as crystal. It had a great high wall with twelve gates, and in it, and at the gates twelve angels. And on the gates the name of the twelve tribes of the sons of Israel were inscribed, on the east three gates, and on the north three gates, and on the south three gates, and on the west three gates. And the wall of the city had twelve foundations, and on them were the twelve names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. And one who spoke with me had a measuring rod of gold to measure the city and its gates and wall. The city lies four square. Its length the same as its width, and he measured the city with his rod, 12,000 stadia. Its length and its width and height are equal. He also measured its wall, 144 cubits, by human measurement, which is also an angel's measurement. The wall was built of jasper, while the city was pure gold, clear as glass. The foundations of the wall of the city were adorned with every kind of jewel. The third, first was jasper, the second sapphire, the third agati, the fourth emerald, the fifth onyx, the sixth carnelian, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, the tenth chrysopus, the eleventh jacinth, the twelfth amethyst, and the twelve gates were twelve pearls, each of the gates made of a single pearl, and the street of the city was pure gold, transparent as glass. And I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb. And the city has no need for sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives its light, and its lamp is the Lamb. By its light will the nations walk, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it, and its gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no night there. 
They will bring into it the glory and the honor of the nations, but nothing unclean will ever enter it, nor anyone who does what is detestable or false, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. What a scene. What a picture. And all of the the darkness and the frustrations and the terrors and the tribulations and the trials and the darkness that has been painted throughout Revelation of the beast and the false prophet, the sinfulness of the world, the oppressive nature of Babylon. In the midst of it all, here we see what it was ultimately all going to point to, what it was all, what God's plan was all along behind everything, behind every trial, behind every thing that his people would face. It was all working for this eternal weight of glory that is prepared for them by their bridegroom, Jesus Christ. In verses 1 through 8, we see that opening picture of the new heaven and the earth. The voice of God announces the descent of the new Jerusalem against the backdrop of a total renovation, a new heaven and a new earth. God is the Alpha, the Creator whose purposes were expressed from the beginning, and the Omega, the Consummator who brings His purposes to final realization. God's glory, power, and beauty within the sphere of heaven now extend to all His people. Evil and pain are abolished in the new creation, in contrast to the pain, suffering, and struggles which have ran throughout Revelation. The promises made to the overcomers who are persevere unto death, who are faithful unto death, now come to fulfillment. The final revelations, uh, the visions of Revelation weave into a beautiful unity, a host of biblical themes. Note the themes of creation, the holy city of Jerusalem, communion with God expressed through marriage, the dwelling of God, including the tabernacle and temple, saints as God's own people, the end of suffering and death, new deeds of salvation, trustworthiness of God's word, living water, becoming a son of God, warnings to the faithless and judgment. All of these themes that we've seen throughout Revelation now come to their fulfillment. They, they, they see their consummating reality here in the picture of the new heaven and new earth. These verses are usually grouped with chapter 21.9 all the way through chapter 22.5 because these two passages present two aspects of the final vision of the new Jerusalem. Many realities are introduced in verses 1 through 8 that appear with greater elaboration and in more visionary description in the verses that follow. But verse 1 through 8 also have a have close relations to chapter 20 verse 11 through 15 which we saw yesterday. The final judgment of God in fact has two sides. There's a negative side, the judgment of the wicked which was expressed back in the final judgment of chapter 20. And the positive side, which is the reward for the righteous, expressed here within chapter 21. Within the negative message, there is also a positive note. That is, the book of life that we saw first and foremost from the final judgment. Similarly, within the positive message, there is one negative note. Verse 8, we see the lake of fire. These verses, chapters 20, 11 through 14, and chapters 21, 1 through 8, are symmetric scenes depicting judgment both negatively for those who experience it and positively as a means of the rescue and redemption of the states, uh, of the state of the earth. Now, we have to ask ourselves here, what is the new heaven and the new earth? Some have thought the new universe will be basically just an entirely brand new world. God's basically going to destroy everything and recreate it all over again. Uh, with really no connection to the old. 
But I, I would say that passages like Isaiah 65 and Romans 8 indicate that there will be a transfiguration of the old world which is in view. That God, just as he is redeeming us, will redeem his creation, the fullness of his creation, right, which has been subjected to the fall. That's why the creation groans and looks forward to the revealing of the sons of God, Romans 8. Not because it's going to be destroyed and recreated, but because it will be cleansed and renewed, transfigured, just like we will. Uh, Our new bodies will be transfigured, as we see in 1 Corinthians 15. Everything will be made new, which indicates the thoroughness of this transfiguration. But the result is redemption, not just merely an abolition of the old. That's kind of a Gnostic concept, right? That this world itself has to be destroyed. Uh, that, that's wrong. That's false. It's going to be redeemed, restored, and renewed in its transfigured state, just as we will be in ours as well. Now, in verses 9 through the end of the chapter, we get this picture of the New Jerusalem. But notice what the angel says in verse 9 about what, like what the New Jerusalem is. He says, Come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. And then verse 10 says that what, he, what John sees, so he hears, you're going to see the bride. What he sees is a picture of the New Jerusalem. So, so what's going on here? The picture is, is that the city, in all of its glorious description is actually just merely a beautiful description of the redeemed people of God. We are the New Jerusalem. The picture of the New Jerusalem is very clear. It's the final dwelling place of the saints, right? It's the fulfillment of earlier revelations of God appearing in glory and reigning in His heavenly court. The holy city Jerusalem, the Garden of Eden, the bride, the marriage partner of the Lord, the temple as the dwelling place of God, All of it, right? All of it is coming to its full picture of combination here, right? All of those promises, all of those things that the prophets foretold and look forward to with glory and hope now find its yes and amen in this consummating picture of the city of God, which is the people of God, the city of God, the temple of God, the garden of God, the bride of God. That is his people. And the central blessing of it all is the fact that God himself and the Lamb are there. That is what makes heaven heaven. Heaven could have streets of gold, jasper pearls, dancing, singing, rejoicing. But if God wasn't there, it'd be a hell. God and the Lamb is what makes heaven heaven. The presence of the full triune Godhead there, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. In the fullness of the presence of God, walking amongst the people of God, day after day, without anything detestable being able to enter into it. What a wonderful picture of the reality that this will be better than even the beginning. For in the beginning there was the possibility of sin. Now that will even be completely removed. The people of God never need again to fear the loss of this glorious state that they will experience for all eternity. The final revelation of God necessarily brings to a climax all earlier revelations. It completes God's purposes of bringing all things under one head, Christ. It harmonizes with the creation of all things by Christ at the beginning and the redemption of all things through Christ in the middle because of the fluid character of the imagery 
it is wise not to distinguish rigidly between the inhabitants of the city and the city itself, right? Sometimes, you know, we want to say, well, this is just what heaven's going to be look like and this is what's going to be the saints. No, it's important that we realize that what's giving, what's giving a picture here is the completeness of the new creation. Look at the way, and I think we can see that we shouldn't take any of this literally. Once again, this is all meant to be a symbolic picture of the glory and beauty of what will be the new creation and the saints of God and their glory. Because notice the numbers, right? 12,000 stadia, the 12 thing, twelve foundations, right? With the 12 names of the 12 apostles. Notice once again, right? Like you don't build 12 foundations for a house, right? You build one foundation. Why the 12 foundations? It's a picture that it's the church. It's the people of God built on the foundation of the 12 apostles, the apostolic witness of Christ. And notice that it's 12,000 stadia, right? 12,000, 12, the number of God's people, 1,000, the fullness of them. When it's cubed, what does it equal? 144 cubits. What have we seen the people of God being numbered as? 144,000. See these connections, and this helps us understand the nature of the symbol as opposed to reading a wooden literalism into this that, that actually robs from the glory and beauty of it as opposed to merely... Uh, embracing the glory of what the symbol points us to. All of these jewels point us to the glories and, and splendor, splendors of what first was found in Eden, but was also the 12 precious stones of Aaron's breastplate, right? The law of God has fully been written. They are a kingdom of priests. That's who we are, right? So we now bear the jewels that was on the breastplate of Aaron. We are the priest of God who will live with him forever, presenting ourselves as eternally living sacrifices for him. And there is no temple. Why? Because we're the temple. And there's no moon or sun. And I think that's fascinating. We, we, the light of the glory of God is what will light us day and night. But what I love about it is there's no celestial bodies. And I think that's important because when you look at like Romans, you know, one, what were, what are some of the quickest things that are often turned into idols? It's the celestial bodies, right? They're in glory. They're amazing. They're incredible, right? But what's amazing is the sea, which was where chaos came from. It's not there. And the celestial bodies, which were so often the, 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 the focal point of idolatry, are gone. Now, it's merely the glory of God that emanates and lights up all things for the people of God. That is to say, the, the center of all our attention and focus will be the glory of the triune God. In heaven. And nothing will ever move it. Nothing will ever mess it up. Nothing will ever drop, cause it to be lost again. What a glorious picture. What a wonderful picture of what will be when Christ returns. Revelation 22 will give a further description and bring the, this, the, the New Testament to a close and close the canon with a glorious picture of how blessed it is who are, the, are, are those who are in Christ Jesus. My friend, no matter what you have gone through this year, 
no matter what ups and downs you may face in the year to come. What a glorious reminder of what you have waiting for you for all eternity in Christ Jesus. What a blessing for us as God's people. May day by day we live with that glorious hope set before us and say, like we will again tomorrow, Maranatha, come Lord Jesus, come. God bless.